Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast at Unites. Two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Bonjourno. And this week is no exception as we roll into another episode of Sorry You're In My Seat. This week, asking the question, what TV series has had the worst final season? Yeah, so it was something that maybe captured your heart, maybe did an amazing flourish in midair, but it didn't quite stick the landing, left a sour taste in your mouth and kind of led you to think, was it a waste of three years watching this TV series? And that's the one thing you've got to remember. Films come and go in a lifetime. They're two hours sat in the cinema. If you don't like it, you can forget it. If you invest in a TV series and you like, say there's four series and you like three of them, and that fourth series is crap, man, that wastes a lot of your time. It does, and, and we're not just talking about the, the last episode, because actually most TV series, the last episode is hard. It's difficult to wrap up so many storylines, so many threads. You've got so many fan theories. You've got so many opinions of what should or shouldn't happen. It's impossible to please the masses when it comes to your season finale of your last show. But we're talking about actual the full season being an absolute letdown yeah. towards the end. We've done our, an episode uh, we, tra- we just before we started We've said, what episode was it? it? It's somewhere in the last hundred. We've done an episode <laughs> on um, our favourite TV shows. In yeah. fact, we we went for about 80 TV shows in a real quick round robin of like, you know, everything from 24 to Lost to Game of Thrones to True Detective to Fortitude, any TV series that we could think of. Mm. This time we, we, we're going to come back to the small screen. What TV show has had the worst final season? Oh. There and there's go. going to be, I mean, automatically, the big five come to mind. Dexter, Game of Thrones, Scrubs. Yeah, it's... it's so that's three of the five. There you go. How um, about your mother? So I've Lost. got... I've got ten, and I'm going to tell you now, I think everyone but one mentioned in it so far. But TV is a weird thing. It's like a companion. It's the kind of thing that follows you on your route to growing up. You know, you loved Scrubs. You, you won't have a bad word said about it, but that last series, mate, yes. <laughs> it's like that child that, you know, you're protective of. Like, other, you can hate it. Other mm. people can't. <laughs> it's that type of thing. You know, TV shows become quite personable to you. I am a huge fan of the small screen and how our, how we attack TV has changed somewhat now. When I sit at home, I like to have a series on the go and coming up with TV shows this week. I've trying to been, been trying to fill that little hole, that little gap in my mind. Um, I finished the Tunnel Series 1. I yeah. talked about that a few weeks. I, that was a rewatch, mate. I really liked the Season 1. I don't particularly like Season 2 and 3. Not that they're bad, but I really liked that there was an all-compassing villain who basically had this plan. He was doing his five truths, and I loved that. I thought that was brilliant, you know. Same villain from Dexter Season 1. Yeah, he, he, yeah, I think so. It is, it, yeah. Same actor. Is it? Well, um, he... Uh, as soon as you appear, it's like, why have they introduced this character? You know, but you don't Same mind. Same as Dexter season one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, Dexter season one, where there's like someone stealing body parts at the end. It's like episode seven of ten. Yeah, I get Hi, body parts. here's a new character. He's a prosthetic <laughs> surgeon. Oh, I wonder if he's the villain. So, um, uh, so I needed something to fill a gap. I didn't want to watch the second one because the second one is just like, it's just weird. It's, mm. it's not really, and I don't actually find the third one a bit forgettable. However, so... I also finished Miranda this week. I, sorry, I, I love the tunnel. I know what you mean. Is yeah. it Clemens Posey who plays the... the I believe so. It should always be famous for in Bruges, obviously. Phenomenal performance yeah. in that. Really owns that character, you know. And I know that that character is an interpretation of, uh, you know, we were talking about the Denmark and Sweden yes. version. And of course, it's been done in Canada and America. And it's, you know, it's been lifted and shifted. But I do, I, I did find her very, very... Um, 
very, very kind of captivating and interesting and real. She's rude as well, isn't she? She she knows, but but she's not very likable, but we'd like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, (laughs) and and then you, you, I suppose your main character, your hero, oh, Stannis Baratheon, Baratheon (laughs) is, I really like him in it. I really like how he's like, you know, he's, he's kind of got, He's 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 holding down a relationship. He's again. He's not a hero. He's not someone that we should banging like, everything, mate. For. Yeah, and he always like turns up like to to the French police station with like baguettes, <laughs> <laughs> like the most English person it can be. I I really French like love the baguettes, tour. right? And berets. That's, well, that's, that's all you need. Chains of garlic. That's all you need. So I, I wanted to find something special, and I think I found it immediately. BBC, the woman in the wall, but. I need to consume this straight away. This is a new TV series. It's got Alice from Luther, old Ruth Wilson. Is that I'm a huge Ruth Wilson Ruth fan. Ruth Wilson's very good. Got weight. It, the first episode got me, mm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pass judgment because I'm gonna have to. I like to let them build. I watched the last one when it's live. That's fine, but I want to be there. I want to get there. Like you with when you come to a big Game of Thrones is the big example where you haven't seen a single one. Final series is announced. You're like, right, oh, I've got seven series to watch, and then you attack it. So I went with uh, Anakin on BBC. I've got a problem with this. This is Shetland. So I like that we're going regional in Great Britain. I love that. We'll try out new places. But there's always like a two or three series, three or four series. In the Shetland Islands, apparently, there's a murder all the time. Like one off is fine. But then you start thinking, it's unbelievable. (laughs) I don't believe it. But Annika really got me because it had a fourth wall break, which in comedy, we loved it with Deadpool. We love it with Fleabag. It's a great mechanism. For a murder mystery... No, <laughs> when she breaks the fourth wall to make a comment or something, I'm not a fan. I was like, oh, this isn't bringing me into the story. Also quite pedestrian. So because I liked Luther, I was suggested Wolf. I don't know if you've seen this on the BBC. Controversial Wolf, isn't it? This is the one that kind of glorifies violence quite a bit and a lot of people have been... Yeah, so it is a bit... It's di- So a young detective is haunted by his brother's abduction when he was a child. He suspects a neighbour and spends every three minutes trying to catch him out. That storyline is awesome. Yeah. And there's a bit, so he's convinced, there's no evidence or anything, and he's having a barbecue that his, his fiancée's kind of forced him into. And the guy he suspects sneaks into the garden and just drops a bag of bones. And you're like, oh, this is a bit of me. Mm. Then you've got another storyline where a, a, a family is being harassed by a by a killer. That's the bit I think that's upset people. And that bit's just, I don't, I don't want to, I, I hate it. I thought it was crap. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, you should have gone with this young haunted detective who's, could be wrong, could be right. He was a child. Is he making any of this up? There was such a good storyline in here. I didn't care mm. about this secondary storyline. So it was quite, not upsetting, but. I hate those articles on social media where it's like, viewers like upset over episode yeah. two of new show. Um, one person commented, I haven't slept or I couldn't eat. And it's clickbait. It and, then clickbait. You, and then you find the show they're talking about and you're like, oh, come on. It's EastEnders. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> like, I, and half the time, it's the it's the, it's the the company that's put it out, the production team, yeah. because it's good publicity because you get people going, oh, I'll watch it if yeah. someone's saying they couldn't eat after it. <laughs> it's like the Hot Chili Challenge. I'll watch this episode. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> a load of blokes all going, fuck it, put it on now. So my... Uh, my favourite thing is when a movie does that. It's like the audience walked out and shit themselves. I mean, like, that's been that going. Happened, the yeah. exorcist now that at the end, didn't they? People passing out in the aisles now ever since over film posters. Don't watch it alone. It's it's just it's just to get people in the cinema, in it? To either say I survived it or to come out of it going, no, oh, it's nothing, mate, nothing. But I think I found it in the next three things I'm going to say here. Some things you should check out. Two of them on the BBC, the other one's on the Amazon. I'm going to tell you now quickly about Better, 
which is a corrupt cop. So, you know, she doesn't care that she's a corrupt cop. So she's been doing these jobs for a wrong end. You find out through the series as well that the reason for that is that she, they, they were both up and comers. She was starting off in the police. He was starting off in organised crime. They did a deal that the organised, the criminal would give her collars and that she would progress in her career. And then by getting rid of like his opponents, if you will, or mm. portraying people, he was able to build his own criminal empire. So in the end of it, you've got the top cop in league with the top villain. The top cop's uh, son uh, has meningitis. And basically, it's kind of like an attack of faith. She was like, oh my God, did I cause this by being corrupt? Is, is it karma? So she decides to turn the tails and be a cop now. Okay. And she's a good cop. And she's going after the main guy. And the main guy's also had his own personal tragedy. And do you know what? I could tell you that. Cracking. It's all, right. all on there, the BBC. I heard about it when it was suggested for everyone after Happy Valley had finished. Mm. Oh, great show. Uh, Happy Valley was brilliant. But when it ended, everyone, uh, like the trailer after the last episode was for better. But at the time I was done with cop dramas, I was like, Happy mm. Valley's kind of perfected. I'm done. I'll see you later. Happy Valley, definitely not going to be on this list. Ended Stuck perfectly. Stuck yeah. that landing. Um, better. Cracking series. One of those series, one and done. Something like uh, Chris Eccleston used to do, did a crime series called The Thin Line or something. And that was one and done. You only need like six episodes. Tell your story. Move on. So mm. better. Highly recommend. Uh, on, uh, on Amazon, the animated The Legend of Vox Machina, which now at the time of recording, uh, Dungeons and Dragons might be hot as in the film Be Hot and the game Be Mega Hot. Everyone's loving Baldur's Gate 3. We love it. It's cool to be a nerd. And The Legend of Vox Machina is an animated series based on uh, the dungeon role plays created by a YouTube series. So they basically have animated their stories that they created playing cool. this game. And that is cool. Their stories are fun. Characters are arseholes. When you talk about Dungeons and Dragons, you're thinking nerds. There's a lot of swearing. Mm. A lot of, there's a, there's, there's, the characters are great. They're complex. The universe they've created in their own like minds to have this game top notch. I'm a big fan of this. Season two is coming out. I'm going to be watching it. Be slag for it. Number one thing I've watched this week, and I'm going to tell you now, it corrupted my soul. It got me invested. A few months ago, everyone in the world was talking about traitors. Not for me, mate. Don't like reality. Don't like game show. Not for me. I'll sit in my bubble and consume me Luthers. You little fucker, BBC. You got me and you got your claws in me good. Based on a Dutch TV show. This is Traitors. Traitors. 22 people are brought to a Scottish castle, which is magnifique. They do, it's a very game show he's in. You've got challenges, physical challenges, you earn money. But at the end of the night, everyone votes to who they think the traitors are. And then at the after that, they vote someone off. So it's like Big Brother, but it's brutal. They're like, I think it's you because you sneeze. In the first episode, a lady with one arm doesn't raise a glass and everyone turns on her in the room. They're like, you didn't raise your glass. Traitor, 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 traitor. And it's really great seeing how the human mind works. <laughs> how everyone will just turn on something silly, something pedantic, or how much you come to judge people immediately. So no one else knows who the traitors do, but they do something different. The audience do know who the traitors are. They do interviews where they're talking about their plan because at the end of that, they murder, they remove a contestant from the group. Mm. And that's how it carries on. And at the end of the, the game, the audience, decide, uh, not the audience, the game, the players get to decide, have we got all the traitors or not? If they have, and there's a traitor remains, the, uh, the traitors get the money. So it's in their interest, they've got to remove the traitors. It's brilliant. I, I fucking loved it. Mate, I, it's on BBC. I suggest you watch it. It's, it's brilliant. It was, I genuinely wasn't expecting it to be brilliant. You know, the hype. When the hype train comes to town, you, you always think you're better than that. You go, not for me. I, <laughs> I like when the hype train comes into town. I, oh, I, I, I You know, we're going to probably talk about Game of Thrones soon, but I love <laughs> the buzz around that last season. Yeah. That was the first time when I was at the office where, like, everyone of generations, of ages, of people that I didn't even know watched the show were talking about it. And, you know, Squid Game... When that came out, like you know, last year, the, the buzz around that, you know, around 
12 year olds playing that in playgrounds <laughs> you know what I mean it just got mental and uh, I, I I quite like the buzz I like the hype train every now and again when it comes out I mean just well it does brilliant for films like Barbie you know and stuff like really? that and, and I think often the time you know it's, it's just deserved and I, I quite like jumping on the bandwagon a little bit and, and saying, oh, well, yeah, I've heard good things about this and put it on. I As much as I like, I've not heard of this before and then I want to tell everyone about yes. it. So just give us a... Because you talked about quite a few there. Sorry. Just just give us the title again and then a one word like... Okay, so Annika, pedestrian. Okay. Uh, um, Shetland, borders on insane. Right. <laughs> um, the Tales of Vox Machina... Uh, unique mm. um, traitors. traitors magnifique and a better a nice substitution for yeah. it, it, it was a, it was a nice breakaway from what I thought was one of the best TV series in a mm. decade which was Happy Valley so there you go the um, Shetland intrigues me because I've this somewhere I've always wanted to go I've always wanted to go to the Shetland Film Festival yes because one of the film uh, distributors there is a photo booth that you sit in and you can watch a film. So it's one person at a time. Sounds awesome. It's a mini film festival in Shetland that just sounds awesome. I'd love to get up there at some point. It's great, but the amount of murders, that doesn't Apparently, happen. Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, like statistically, the most dangerous place in the world to live. <laughs> so I watched the murder mystery this week off uh, purely because the third is about to come out. And I know you've seen uh, the sequel. Uh, I'm talking about the Poirot Kenneth Branagh movies. So we had obviously uh, the Orient Express, which we discussed when it came out. Went to cinema to watch. Yeah, you've talked about Definite Nile when it I came believe, out. Of the cinema. I believe I described it as a backstory for his mustache. Yes, well, I'm we're interested to, to know what you think. And then, uh, and of course, we've got a Death in Venice coming up uh, soon, yes. which looks good because it looks like it looks like they've changed the genre a little bit. It's going a bit more gothic, going a bit more dark. It's and got I, horror, hasn't it? It looks yeah. like horror elements, and it's and, it, and it's. Do you know what? I'm a slut for an all-star cast in a murder mystery. Yeah, you are. Especially one that's, you know, I think I think Poirot, you know, the David Suchet, it's it's staple British te- daytime Sunday afternoon, mate. You yeah. Got, you can't do anything that's raining now, what you do, watch Poirot yeah, with David Suchet. I, I, I do like it. I do like getting into it. And and I've not read much Agatha Christie. I mean, the only Agatha Christie I've really ever read was the, and then there were none. Yeah. Um, which, and from that and from... Murder on the Orient Express. My thing with Agatha Christie is that it's not always fair because, you know, like if a film tells you someone's dead as an audience member, you can't then go, well, they're probably not dead. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it's, it, it, you're told that, it, you yeah. know, and particularly if you see a body as well, that's the <laughs> other thing. It's like, oh, that's always a bit weak when it's a ha-ha, it's a prosthetic, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, that's a bit cheap. Do you know what I mean? Because they were out of the game. So it narrowed it down to four and now I'm trying to figure it out. And, the film with Agatha Christie is the limited exposure I have had. It's always like, oh yeah, you know that person who got killed like in chapter two? It was them. Oh, that's fucking unfair. Yeah. So I've never really been sold into it like some other murder mysteries that I'm maybe more kind of uh, pulled towards. But So I watched Death on the Nile. Um, long way around getting to there. Death on the <laughs> Nile. <laughs> yeah, well, we Brannan, got there. Kenneth Brannan and his moustache returning on all-star cast with everyone from Jennifer Saunders to uh, Dawn It's nice Dawn to see Saunders, isn't it? Yeah. Saunders and French were our British staples. It's nice to see them Brannan-sized. As is <laughs> Russell Brand. Can't win them all. You've also got, um, you've got like Svami Hammer. Oh, what? Oh, I, I, there's I, that name. I paused it. I paused it because I was watching it with Emily and I went, do you know him? She went, yeah. I went, He's cannibal. <laughs> 
Um, uh, Gal Gadot, you know, it's, it's a huge cast, this one. Uh, uh, Letitia Wright in it. It's really, really good cast. And it's off the famous Agatha Christie novel. You've already done it in depth. I just wanted to kind of bring it to this because I wanted to watch a murder mystery. I wanted to be invested in something and be like, I want to see if I can figure it out. I want to play the game, you know. And <laughs> I was really disappointed because <laughs> there's like 20 minutes at the beginning. Of them which, getting on a boat. <laughs> which I get because if you've got Gal Gadot as your victim, you want, you want, you to want squeeze a squeeze that way. Yeah, you want a bit of time with Gal Gadot to understand like her character. So, so I get it. But the problem with that is it gives you 20 minutes of backstory, which make the killers fucking obvious. <laughs> you like, well, of course it's them. And any red herring they, they throw you, it is so obviously a red herring. You know, like uh, someone comes up, it's like, you know, it, it's like, um, so you know, like, oh, here's the lawyer asking for them to sign something, you know, without reading it. Oh, I wonder if it could be them. You know, here's the person, here's a family member who would get a load of money if they, if uh, Gal Gadot was to perish. I wonder if it's them. And But the most basic, the most obvious answer turned out to be true. And I was like, oh, that didn't really feel... No. Okay, you don't, you don't get it all, you know. It's not even clever, is it? It's not. <laughs> and I was like... And, and also, whereas I thought the Orient Express, there was a bit more detective work. In this, it's like, there's so much before they get on the bloody boat, that by the time they do and showboat how good this place is and how lavish and rich, and which is also quite like... You know, I don't really like any of these no. characters, really. You know, and you know, and and you question why is that person there? Why would they bother have turned up? And God, Gal Gadot must be like the most insatiable woman on the planet because all these people that used to love her or or previously been related with to her are now here and and everything. And then, of course, the murder happens, and and it's literally just Kenneth Branagh going one by one talking to each of them. And then he's like, "I have solved the case," yeah. and it's like, when <laughs> when you just spoke to a few people, it's yeah. it's not. The best detective work. No, it's, it's also bloody lucky is what it's like. If he has a superpower, like, oh, you happen to be in the right place at the right time. I've, and he's so open to be like, what? I don't know about... I know you become your work, but he must be really boring to hang out with. And you want... It's like murder, she wrote. Mm. Like, you'd stay the fuck away from her. Like, everywhere she goes, oh, yeah. it's a fucking she murder. she checked into your hotel... Get out. Yeah, fuck it, I'm off. <laughs> and it's, just, it's like, oh, he just happened to be in the area. Let's invite him. No, <laughs> everywhere yeah. he fucking goes. Yeah, yeah, murder she wrote. She rocks up to the hotel at the same time as a priest with a candlestick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> Angela Lansbury, mate, the biggest unknown serial killer ever in TV history. It was her. She did it all. She just planted it on every fucking person. He's mental, isn't it? But, um, well, yeah, that is moustache within a moustache. He has a moustache within his moustache. He, he does. Has, he has a short one and then a long one. And a one. long one. And there's a backstory as to why he has a moustache and who he dedicates the moustache to. <laughs> and I think the true I think the true arc of the film is kind of Branagh's upper lip because it goes through a journey. <laughs> it does. It, first of all, it's, it's, fight, it's, fight, it's fighting in the war. It's, it's, fight, <laughs> it's <yeah>. a hero. <laughs> and then it's a victim. <laughs> then it's a victim and then hides away behind a mask of hair and then at the end goes no I want to be who I am <laughs> I and, want to and, be a lip and he sheds himself of the moustache spoilers but then in the trailer for the third film he's got, got it back yeah. obviously, so obviously cold in Venice <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say more shame <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah it's, it, it wasn't that entertaining I mean it's always good to watch Kenneth Branagh like particularly with a character like that and it's good to watch people that you know. These the the point of these films is you know Russell Brand, you know French and Saunders, and they're yeah. together, and you know Gal Gadot, and 
you know, I that that's what makes it fun. You know, they're all prancing around on this boat and, and then it's like, oh, who did it? And, you know, Pryor does that thing where he makes everyone look like they could have done it until he tells you, and he even addresses it. He even, you talk about fourth wall breaks. He even says it, he goes like, someone goes, oh, I've seen this before. He tells you you've done it. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's a bit of comedy to it as well. But they, and, uh, they try to edit this film as well to to remove, obviously, the cannibal. But when you watch the film, you you know why that, that didn't really work. You can't take the cannibal out of the movie. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, not good. I do want to talk about, I know if you download this episode, you're probably rushing for us to get through and engage with the uh, the worst season finale bit. But I do want to touch on, because it's brand new out in uh, on Sky Cinema at the moment, on Now TV, fresh out on streaming services. And that is Scream 6, the latest instalment of the uh, slasher franchise that is Scream. Just Obviously... Neve Campbell was even Neve Campbell wants out of this. Neve one. Campbell, yeah, paid dispute. You know, good for her. You know, arguing. You know how much she should get paid. You know, and then stuck by and said, oh, "I'm not in it." Then, and actually, yeah. to be fair, I don't know how you would have put her in this movie anyway. We've had it just be like, ha, "I've been here before. I'm back." Yeah, it just no comes need. back for it. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you're gonna go. She's a fucking killer. You know, wait like, a minute. Is she, she Angela Lansbury? Exactly. <laughs> there is no need for her to be in this film. At some point, you'd be connecting. You'd be like, "Common theme here is." Prescott, Sydney Prescott, and yeah, I like the t- I like that Angela Lansburying is turning is a catchy mic. We could make a thing. it. We could make it it's catch a, on. It's a thing. Scream Six picks up a year after Scream Five, which was the re reboot requel Re-ball. of the Scream franchise. So it lives in the Scream universe, but is its own entity. Even though you have crossover characters, Scream Five took on a new take of the Woodsboro killings. Two uh, two new uh, main heroines in the form of uh, Melissa Barriers, uh, Sam Carpenter, and Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter, the two sisters that survive the latest onslaught of uh, uh, Ghostface Killers. And that one touched upon this idea. It's, it, kept, it kept to the Scream, particularly Scream 1, it modelled itself on the best of the Scream films, rightfully, you know, about being very self-aware of horror movies and how to survive a horror movie. And whereas that one, where Scream 1 was about horror movies being the blame for people going on these murderous rampages this the fifth one was about toxic fan base and which was so it had like, it, kind cool. of like it had that idea behind it that was like okay so it's its own thing but it's also very much on the nose of the original and it helped by the return of the main three of David Arquette Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell so I, I didn't mind the fifth one yeah it was okay it, I thought it, was, right, you know, yeah. it was gory it was you know what it was this one picks the whole thing up moves it to New York a year later so it's modelling Scream 2 now so yeah. Scream 6 is now becoming Scream 2 because in that one was the college years wasn't it yeah so if you go into this thinking it's Scream 2 but a reboot of Scream 2 but in the new parallel it, it you kind of know where you're going to go with the movie including who the killers are spoiler I'm sorry but you know Film podcast. It's about as obvious as the cannibal. It, this is the fucking most obvious killer <laughs> I've is. ever seen. Yeah. In, in, oh, have you seen Scream 6? I, I, you see, we did the Scream episode and I don't know if I saw it before that or after that. Okay. But I've been to cinema to see this. Yeah, so this because one, I really like. I the, think this came out in February. I think I liked the trailer for this. Yeah, so I like the trailer was really good. It made it genuinely seem like they, because there was always this element of in the first one there was you know it was a real person but there was kind of like a supernatural element. It's this one where they go to like the shrine. Yeah, yeah, it's this one. Yeah, I've, I've seen. I've or I've just seen the trailer a lot of times. Yeah, I basically no, because I know who the killers are. So, so, so a year, year year on, uh, you know, now at college, the the core four as they're now calling themselves, which is Sam, Tara, Mindy. Um and uh, Chad, who were the survivors of Fucking the, Chad. they were the survivors of the last movie, have all up 
gone to New York uh, and are now enrolled in university and the killing star once again. Um, the film opens, I'll admit, the film opens in a really good way. You've got Samantha, uh, Samantha Weaving in it, who I'm a big fan of. I think, you know, Ready or Not, which is the same director as this movie. I really like that movie. I think she's great. I, was she in Guns Akimbo as well, the Daniel uh, Radcliffe Yeah, she's movie. the killer that's trying to hold him down. Yeah, so again, I'm quite, quite a fan of hers. And her opening sequence, that opening sequence there is quite bloody brutal, vicious. It's in New York as well. And I... There's also a really cool Easter egg in there as well about the uh, the a character called Jason, and it's very like Jason Takes Manhattan yeah. in the Friday the Thirteenth idea. But yeah, so cool Easter eggs at the beginning. Nice, like I was like, oh, they're doing this. Okay, cool. And then it's quite graphic at the beginning. It's not Drew Barrymore graphic, you know, which yeah. is like very extra. You know, like, <laughs> like stabbing, dragging, hanging. I'll gutting. never get over how efficiently they did that because they kill her when the parents are driving down the driveway. It's quick work, but, and by the time that they get there, they've they've proper gone to yeah. town. So well done. Yeah, we don't we don't give serial killers enough credit. We're well played. So the, this one this one starts with a killing. That's no spoiler. Every screen movie starts, but at the point where the final blow hits and it says scream and the rock music starts and we get a sunny day in a campus. This doesn't. It hangs. It lingers. And the killer takes the fucking mask off. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, we do this. I mean, the thing is, if you if you know your movies, you know who the killer is in it because you just heard the voice on the phone. And if you know names on posters, mm. I was like, why well, would you know that person is with a mask on then? Because I just heard them on the phone. But anyway, they reveal a killer. And, and I was like, fucking awesome. We're going to follow a movie where we know who we, the killer is. Which, which was interesting. And maybe even POV it because then we bump into Jenna Ortega's character and she walks on. She's secondary. She's like, a, she's like, oh, hi. And she walks off and we follow the killer still. And I was like, this would be fucking awesome if we're following a killer for all this. And anyway, and then, then it's like a false start because then something else happens where I'm like, oh shit. And so now there's another thing happening and you know, this ghost face is like fuck movies and like, and then the film starts and you're like, okay, so there's like a start and now there's another start and then we get into it and I'm digging this like idea that it's, it's New York in like Halloween. I'm thinking this is pretty cool. Um, you know, then we go through the usual kind of hoops that a screen movie goes through, you know, people being stalked, finger pointing. There's going to be a scene where everyone sat around and Randy's offspring, is kind of giving the, right, it's a sequel. So that means main characters aren't safe and this doesn't happen and this is happening. And, you know, this and it, nowadays viewers want blood, so it's going to be gorier. And yeah, to be honest, a lot of that does play out and a lot of that is true. And then, but I, I must admit, until I got to the final, the third act, I was actually like, this isn't that, this isn't bad. I mean, I, yeah. I'm very guilty. You know, I think horror, <laughs> I love it sounds so snobby, but I do love the A24, the kind of the the horrors that are like thinkers. And I'm like, oh, what did that mean and imply? And I know that sounds really snobby, but I don't mean it. I just, they're horrors I like like that. These kind of horrors, I can never break away from being too critical. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, I am the guy who's like, oh, for God's sake, get up. Because <laughs> I can't, I, I'm just not programmed to get into it that way. You know, I, I'm the person who's like, you've just knocked him down on the floor. Stamp on it. You know, like, why are you leaving it? Get the gun. I, I'm that person. I get frustrated and get angry. I'm with you. Turn around, shoot a bitch. But I know a lot of people are like, that's the game. That's why people watch these films. It's the adrenaline. It's, you know, it's whatever it is. But I did quite enjoy this one until the end. You know, the, the death, I mean, these ghost face are br more brutal than any of us. Yeah. It's, and there's a scene in a, and again, there's a scene in the, at the end of the first act where um, Ghostface goes in a convenience store and just starts fucking killing people yeah, that and was, shotguns someone. So that's like the difference, isn't it? Like they always, in the past, they were never, 
spraying prey. They were they were they, yeah. they, they were after one person specifically. Other people got caught in the crossfire, but it was predatory. This, but this one, it it, was, this one's kind of like they they just wanted they really want to just go for it. Yeah, and yeah. Now, that that scene in the in the in the convenience store, I was like, that's badass. Like he's just walked in there, man squared up to him, took one to the neck. And then the shotgun comes out and I'm like, this is, again, I'm like, they're doing something cool. They're taking something we know and what 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 they're doing is they're kind of putting the, the, the audience member off shift a little bit because now we're like, well, now the, it's anyone's game, isn't it? There's a stalking predator scene on a, on a subway bit that I wish the trailer didn't show you a lot of because actually that's maybe one of the best scenes in the film. You know what's going to happen. You just don't know how it's going to happen. Um, you know, and so I was really, really impressed and 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 like this is a good you know it's a friday night it's quite enjoying it you know nice little film to watch and then the third act joe i don't think i've seen this the third <laughs> act yeah it just was bad i think someone spoiled it for me because i know the thing i won't i, I won't spoil it no, but i know i know i know the ending so i, I must yeah so well, in I every, spoiled for me i've seen it so. in, a, in, in in every film like this if you guess who the killer is that's fine you know, yeah, you get a brownie point. I like a little pat on the back when I when I turn to Emily. I'm like, they did it, and this is why they did it. it you know, that kind of thing. Or, or this is it, and they're doing it with that person. Especially in the screen shows, you usually get one, but because there's the two killers, you, yeah, you, you never usually get the second one. The second one's genuinely like apart from the third. I oh. think the third film had just one killer, didn't it? It did. But yeah. it was really obvious it was him as well. So, but the so I didn't mind that I knew who it was because the thing that you're then waiting on is why they're doing it. Yeah, that's always good. Because the, the 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 point, and I put this down to the movie Seven. Movie seven is brilliant. And then when you find out why he's doing it, that speech, that whole car sequence makes that film because you're like, oh, fuck it, because you get five minutes in his head. And that's yeah. why Netflix documentaries are so big on serial killers and stuff like that because we don't, we, we, it's so taboo and we don't understand why people are wired that way. So I love the motive reveal scene. And the moment the, the killer was revealed, that character changed on a dime and became like, just a caricature and was like, it's me. I'm the person doing it. And I'm like, like fucking Scooby-Doo. Yeah, trying on his moustache or their moustache. <laughs> just like... But I was like, why is this person acting like this now? And then when they tell the story and they're back, and I'm like, seriously? Like, you actually have just done the second film. Yeah. Like, you've, like, that's all you've done. And and any twist after that as well. And this is the thing, like the there's a character in it, Chad, played by Mason Gooding, floors Ghostface twice in the end scene. Like, you know, comes out of the blue and he punched them and they're on the floor. And I'm like, why are you not on him? Why are you not pouncing on him? Yeah. Like, oh, let's leave him and run to the next room. And, it, and then he does it again. And I'm like, pounce on him. Yeah. <laughs> I just, so I got really frustrated towards the end. And the end is, I got the ending. There was, it just made me question how any of that got out of the script room without spoiling it, which I don't want to do. But there, there's a huge, huge blunder in the um in the motive and the 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 story and and you know you think well how was that killer ever going to get away with it because that's the thing about screen movies the 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 killers have a plan that very rarely well, in fact never gets executed mm. but they always have a get out plan at the end it's like we're going to right now now they're on to us we're going to throw him this way by doing this yeah you know and it, that's always the end of the screen movie and then it's the, up to the hero to kind of debunk him at this you're like okay so let's say you do kill him how are you going to explain this because you, science, there's just no, there's no back, there's no way they're going to get out of it. These killers, 
and they don't set it up enough where again the convictions at the beginning are like oh we don't care like we are menacing we are we will walk in a convenience store and take names if yeah. at the end of the film is like after I've done you I'll hand myself in I could get behind that but it was all this like and then we're going to go off into the sunset it's like but you won't because it's so obvious it's you you're the only ones left yeah not only are you the only ones left but you're the only one who possibly could have done all of this stuff it wasn't even like like even like Angela Lansbury right no I I tell you what I I tell you I tell you here's why this is a moderate spoiler, so and I'll be very quick. So if you don't, if you're going to watch Scream, just fast forward now for thirty seconds. If you're not, I'm going. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to say something that may affect your viewing. So fast forward thirty seconds now. There's someone in it who is supposed to be dead, and then at the end isn't dead. So how are you going to explain that at the end of the movie? Like, oh no, I I I didn't die. Like, how are you going to go on living after that point? Anyway, forget that. Forget that. If <laughs> if you joined us, that was just one point. So other than the third act, which again in horror, in all movies, normally the third act's the weakest, like TV series, because it's hard to wrap it all up and satisfy every arc. I was really nice. gutted. <laughs> now, I'll still say Scream 6 was a good film. I did enjoy it. It's very violent, very bloody. You know, there's like, the fucking film like opens with a real brutal murder and then like half a man in a fridge. It's fucking like, it's gore. <laughs> like, um, and and it's vicious. It's It's like, it's not just stabbing, it's stabbing and twisting. It's stabbing and pulling. It's like, it's very visceral. Um, and it is that screen cat and mouse that I think we've learned to love from the first movie. You know what I mean? It's less blundery, you know, <laughs> you know the first one. Like, you just, the first, it gets out weird by a door. Yeah, it, like the first <laughs> one, they may as well put sound effects on, like, boing, <laughs> like when he falls over. You aren't a trip hazards, though. <laughs> yeah. got it. I tell you what, I always thought that Home Alone was a bollocks film, think, but then I saw the killers in Ghostface yeah. in, the, in the first one. I was like, hey, good shout. That's the crossover <laughs> we need. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's the fan theory, isn't there? That Kevin McAllister is Jigsaw. He's years Jigsaw. Later. And Fucking I love how he's ever another Jigsaw movie. Yeah. But you know, if we're devoid of ideas, mate. Apparently, as a species, just just on that. So, Scream Six, I'm going to say, drops the ball at the end. Um, but uh, but otherwise, I, I thought was a was a perfectly good, uh, enjoyable movie. There is a returning character in this, um, Kirby Reed, who played by Hayden Panettiere, I believe. Tom Heroes. It could have been, but she was in... She was um, a cheerleader, wasn't she? Well, she was in, the, I think, Scream 4. And yeah, again, she wasn't Scream 4. supposed to be dead, but he's come back somehow. Oh, right. Terrible actor in this oh. film. No, maybe may good in real life, but again, in, in Scream City, in this film, I was like, come on. Like, seriously. So you like, said the name's Kirby? <laughs> yeah, in the, the character's Kirby Reed. She, like I said, she takes a knife in one of the fourth movies, I think it is, and then she comes back as a recurring character in this, a, a new, as a, as a uh, resurfacing character. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I work for the FBI. And she's got like a leather jacket and everything. You're like, who wrote this character? Do you know what I mean? Like, she's coming looking like Dana Scully. I'd respect it. Yeah, you would. But <laughs> she's like, it's just really like, every time she's on screen, it's almost laughable. It's really bad. But everyone else, Jenna Ortega, every other character in it, I, I thought was really good. Um, there's uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays Mindy. Is, is, is like the shining star of it. She's like the new Randy, you know, the one that he's like, that's you. That's that's you and me if we were in this. Yeah. You fucking did it. Pointing <laughs> fingers at everyone. I don't trust you. <laughs> like, it, like, so I quite, I, I thought it was good. I just didn't think it stuck the landing. And it's a real shame because when the killer's revealed, the change in that character is so stupid. I, I was like, why are they acting like Why is he talking because like they took their silly pills. They, they always do that, don't they, at yeah. the end? Do you, you, they, because the idea is that they're so unhinged like they can't control it, but you're like you controlled it for the last two hours. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's like it's like Christopher, um, what's his name, uh, Christopher Lloyd at the end of Robbie Rabbit. 
Do you know, like yeah. when he's like menacing <laughs> and until he, he gets loses flattened. it, <laughs> and he's like, surprise, Eddie! <laughs> like that is, that, that is like the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, good start. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So let's get into the TV series. Just, just, just before you say that, I'd just like to point out Esther, if you could let me know if I've seen Scream 6 because it sounds like I have. I can't remember it. So I haven't even touched on the whole like so please, the memorabilia room. They're, they're like... They're, <laughs> well, what I love about that is that there's a spoiler there because I've seen that bit. Oh no, sorry. There's a shrine. Yeah. There's a shrine in an old theatre in New York where you're like, Okay, how? Secondly, I imagine property in New York is pretty expensive. Yeah. Let alone if you own a theatre. <laughs> like to put it all in. And yeah, then, but no, 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 because it pays for itself because presumably they'll oh no, they don't. No, no. no. And, and, and then literally the, the third act, this is when I started losing it. The third act's like, the third act starts, well, the second act ends with him going, we need to go somewhere to lure him out. We need to go somewhere where we can trap him. Let's go to, Let's his, go to his shrine. <laughs> what? The place where you imagine he's got like back doors and like all this other stuff. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know when you've made it as a film watcher, when you watch a horror film and you think, how are how they pouring rent on that? Yeah. <laughs> are they pouring the rent on this? That's when you know you've made it, mate. As a film watcher, yes. I, I think uh, we, we're going to get into that territory now of um, what are the worst season finales. The, you know, and it, and it, it, James is right at the top of this episode. It's the ones that hurt. It's the ones that you were passionate about. The ones that really, you know, invigorated Saturday night or Friday night TV viewings or waiting for the newest episode on a Wednesday to drop on Disney, whatever it is that tickles your pickle. But the last season, you're just like, what's happened to my hero? What's happened to my story? What's happened to the ending? Um, we often look at season finales and we coined a phrase which I really like is you can't judge a series on its finale yeah. as in the last episode because yeah, it's so hard to do that. We were talking about Game of Thrones is the biggest one. Yeah. Like, everyone hates Game of Thrones because they didn't really like the last series but, 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 it's you, the did, last, but you did. I, I think the last episode though I, I think you know if, you, if you've got a particularly good TV show and the last episode doesn't stick the landing that doesn't make it a bad TV no, show. It it, just, it, but, but it's your lasting impression and that's why sometimes I feel like as audience as viewers we forget. Mm. It's like it's. Do you know what? It's, it's game with. It's not game of Thrones. It's Lord of the Rings. It's not about the ending. It's about the journey. Yeah, and that's what that's what TV series are. Films are like a quick shot. You know, it's two hours. You watch them. You're sitting down. You're watching something like you could be watching 24 hours, mate. You know, that's a lot of time. I, I was thinking about invest. that earlier today. I was thinking, God, can you remember when 24 was 24 episodes? You're not getting that nowadays. No, 24 episodes, an hour long. Including uh, they included the ad break, so there'd be something happen, and then they would go, Jack needs to take a shit now. Mm. <laughs> so, see you in 10 minutes. He poos at quarter past or <laughs> yeah, half past. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, 24 was, was, was like the pinnacle of like TV at the beginning, which I think birthed mm. a lot of what we're about to say. I got 10. I know you've only got five. I've done five. I've, I've narrowed it down to my five. And um, so, I think we go through your 10. Yeah. And then, as we could, because I, I, I imagine we've got the same. Uh, I imagine the problem is, and that's that's a kind of problem. But I've tried to be honest with myself, yeah. and I've taken I've taken some of my favourite TV series to task. With number ten, I went with series eight of the TV series House. Now, not on my list. Uh, so I've gone with this because at the end of series seven, which and and uh, I think we we say this quite often as well. The British know how to end a TV series. You know, you look at Forty Towers. It's, yeah, like, it's, yeah. either, it's either two or three series, but it's done. Mm. The Office. He only wanted to do two series. The BBC really wanted Ricky Gervais to come back for a third one. In the US, they see dollar signs. They they milk it dry. Yeah. We as an audience members in the Britain, we know 
leave them wanting more. Happy but, Valley being three series is phenomenal because I remember everyone wanting more. And I was like, no, the fact that it's three series, it's a contained story, is perfect. Well, I don't want any more. But I don't think I don't think in the UK another production company picks up a TV show very rarely. Yeah, that's true. Unless it's like unless it's times like, past. And- was, uh, the only one I can think of is it used to be on BBC. It used to be on ITV, then it was on BBC. It's Men Behaving Badly when Harry Enfield was in series one. Yeah, yeah, that's And then a different it. production company did, moved it to BBC Two with Martin Clunes and that guy who... Morrissey, not Morrissey. Yeah, Morrissey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, cause so I think, happy right now. Because there are TV shows in America where, you know, a, a studio would drop them. The oh, fans yeah. then rave about it and then a sister site will pick them up. Futurama's like, had know, been owned by three different companies, I believe, yeah. that, that type of thing. In the UK, it tends to be like the BBC will stick it out, ITV, Channel 4, whoever it is, will stick it out until the end. So I... I I know I loved House. I think House, you know, it's a it's Sherlock Holmes, but with medical mysteries. You've got one of the best supporting characters ever, James Wilson, obviously the Watson to the Holmes. Um, he's a great doctor. He doesn't play by the rules. Shenanigans ensue. It's great. Some of the line one liners in in House will stick with me for as long as I live. Like when one of the doctors asks, uh, "Why are they hiding pigs from each other?" and Chase, in one of his greatest responses, replies and says, "It was because the pet shop only only had one chicken." Like that's the only explanation you need for why House and Wilson are hiding pigs from each other. It's great. The final series, we removed the character of Cuddy. She didn't want to come back. Um, there was a pay dispute. We get 13 jumped back in, obviously played by Olivia Wilde. You get jumbled storylines, but mostly this, after the ending of series seven, House is in jail and he's kind of released. And then you have the audacity to give Wilson cancer. Fuck you. I It, it was not the house that I grew up. Even series seven, series six have issues. Mm. It peaks around series four and five and was on a downward trajectory. But that final season, giving Wilson cancer, destroying that relationship, the final episode as well was just kind of like a, not a clip show, I'll get onto that shit, but had cameos from recording characters as House is trapped in a burning fire. A burning house, sorry. Going through the mistakes he's made in life. House really hurt, and that's why it's my number 10. Number 10. So, uh, this one's coming up quite early because I never, I've kind of ranked these in my order of how much it hurt. And so this one is quite low on the list. I imagine it's going to be a lot of people's. It's season nine of How I Met Your Mother. So series nine of How I Met Your Mother was like the Friends alternative. They don't go to coffee, mate. They go out for beers. That's my number five. That's your number five. So like I say, for me, I was never really a huge fan of the series, but the last series, which condensed, is, takes place over a week, you have a lot of problems. One of your characters, um, the, the judge, who I never, I didn't write the actor's name down, I apologise. Uh, he, he plays it in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I Love You Man, that character. Yeah, He's away filming those films and therefore can't be present as they're filming, but it's all told in flashbacks. Also, in the end of the last series, you introduce the mother and the little bits that you put in her. She's the best character yeah. in nine series and you and the ending again is all about his love for someone else. Yeah. And it's, it's disappointing. It, it's fucking odd, isn't it? That's why I put it at number five because I... I to me, uh, How I Met Your Mother, was it, it wasn't a guilty pleasure, it, but it was comfort food. Yeah. I could just put it on and it was fine and I could work away you in didn't the background. You did have to pay attention to it, like, did you? Yeah, or, or if my phone went, you know, or whatever, you know, it, or I, I, I could be doing something else at the same time. And it was just comfortable. You could follow the narrative, you could follow the storyline, get the jokes without play it, put, giving it 100%. And I, I was, you know, it, it filled that friend's void, didn't it? It followed that formula and was like, let's get people around a sofa most weeks or a bar or a coffee shop and shenanigans ensue. And there are some great episodes, the Super Bowl episode where he doesn't want to know yeah. like, who's won the Super Bowl. Is it, they, There's some great original comedy in there, but that that ending, for that exactly last. that reason, where it's like, yeah, so anyway, 
Anyway, after anyway, I've told you about anyway, every kids. other woman that I've banged, here's your mum. Oh, she's actually as amazing as, uh, as as the show's made out. Oh, now she's got cancer. Oh, now she's Goodbye. dead. <laughs> Where's that come from? Did you blink? She's gone. Yeah. So what really, what really hurts as well is this is going to make me sound like a hypocrite because when you construct a TV show, and 24, because I'm going to tell you now 24 is not on my list, whilst it fucking should have been I genuinely don't know where it ended <laughs> um, they never knew one oh no actually Lost is probably better start they said they knew the story they wanted to tell they didn't have a fucking clue where they wanted to go at least How I Met Your Mother that's original, originally the ending they had yeah. but they never considered that the other characters would grow in popularity or change and I think that's I think that's amazing it's like the show kept its original ending, which you have to respect. That was the ending they were always going to tell, which is why that those um, children, child actors, 10 years later are still the same age. It's because they filmed that ending when they filmed their first season appearance. You've got to respect that. That yeah. was the ending they were always going to tell. However, it was bollocks. <laughs> so, yeah, it did not see the landing. So that, it, I remember watching that last season. And again, there was a bit of hype from the people that watched it. They, they kind of, that was in the UK, that was on E4. And, you know, there's a lot of people like, oh, you know, we're going to find out. Is it Robin? Is it all this kind of stuff? And then the ending happens and you're like, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done a bit of on-the-fly editing right now. I've swapped some numbers. Mm. Uh, so number eight would be Series 9 of The Office US. A series yeah. that was declining credibility as soon as Steve Carell left. However, in the final series, Andy has gone through another personality change for no reason. Why is Nelly still there? Maybe I've, I'm not a fan of Catherine Tate. Whenever when, you know, when she was popular, everyone was going, I'm a bothered. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, please leave me alone. I hate that last series. Um, I love, I kind of like this to me, it kind of the final episode is actually good. I like that. Everyone goes their right way. And I think there's a missed opportunity here. And it's when randomly, towards the end of the series, when they try and break up Pam and um, Pam and Jim, they, they, it comes out of nowhere. But I think there's something really good there because it's about editing. Like, maybe their relationship has been on the rocks and that's the message we know. We don't really know what they're like. We only know what they're like at the office. And I thought, mm. they're going to tell a story. Originally, uh, Krasinski wanted the couple to split up and the message being what you see on TV is not always what you want to get, but it's not the Hollywood ending that you get. So such a Krasinski thing. It's such a Krasinski thing. Um, but you don't get any of that. You get, they nearly split up. He hands her a card. That's it. It, it, fucking why is Nelly still in this film? I love why? Steve. I love Steve Carell's uh, because it's the greatest cameo. Yeah, yeah. He comes in. He only says one word to the camera. He spends the rest. Of, he makes a dad joke, mm. and doesn't spend that much time on camera. He spends the time in the background dancing or talking to other people. I was like, brilliant. Yeah, that's how you use it. The series though should have ended a while you know ago. It's bad with like. The guy who's holding the boom stand gets a storyline. Fucking hell, yeah. Forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> he comes and karate chops someone. <laughs> it's odd, isn't it? I love the fact that he gets fired as well. When when he would stop the woman from being a soldier, yeah, fire that fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the office didn't make my list, and actually, because uh, it probably should have done, to be fair. Yeah, because I every time I rewatch it, I kind of get to about series five and then start dwindling a little bit. We, we could have a disagreement here, because you're going to want to put this higher. Well, I've done a five, so it probably is, yeah. Yeah, so in the equivalent, I've got series six, because fuck me, I thought there's so many more series of this. The two timelines thing, the people return to the island and you still don't really know why. Weird mumbo-jumbo that made no sense. No ending was ever going to make sense for this dog's dinner of bullshit. I'm, of course, talking about Lost, because yeah. what the actual... And here's the thing. I love series one of Lost. I actually love series two of Lost. Series three of Lost started to lose me. Then they do a thing. Now, you're, you've watched Lost more than me. They bring like four different characters 
There, a boat shows up at some point mm. and there's a really good character. There's, there's an Asian actor who I think has got you know, some sort of telekinesis power. He can read minds. There's a, there's a physicist. I really like the physicist character. And then they, that season ends with them going back in time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like the series where we're introduced to these new characters. I thought that was really cool. So series four kind of like picked it up for me. And then fucking, you see that mountain? Mm. We're going straight into that fucker. Yeah, Daniel Day Kim as Jin, you know, the original cast, Matthew Fox, you got uh, Sawyer, you know, you got all the kind of original careers characters. for a lot of people as well. Evangeline Lilly. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Old anti, uh, anti-vaccination herself. There it's, you go. It's, it's a good cast. The first season, really good. Channel 4, proper hyped up in the UK. Loads of advertisement. This big, big American show was coming that was going to be, you know. Originally had Michael Keane in it. Michael Keane was going to play the doctor who's going to die in the first episode. So you never knew who the main character was. I've really liked that. That is cool. Yeah. But it then was... they had Matthew Fox. Now I like, keep him. But then I remember, I remember where it turned for me. There's an episode where he's with the others mm. and the others, let's be honest, the others were an amazing villain. The others were fantastic. You were terrified of him. Yeah. But then the more you learn about him, the less you gave a shit. Yeah. I know. Season <laughs> one and two is really good. I mean, season one, series one, you know, ends with like, well, there's the whole Ethan thing, isn't there? Where he's like, he wasn't on the fly. That was that cool. Great twist. That's Polar so bears, smoke machines. Yeah. A, then, then of course, at the end of the first season, you're like, yeah, where's the other half of the plane? Mm. Like they landed on a different side. You know, yeah, I, I Mr. Even Echo. Like, I even love Mr. Echo is one of the best TV characters introduced ever. I love he's brilliant. But again, he, he, you could tell. But by series three, the end of series three, they're all gone, aren't they? There's yeah. no tail people left. I was fucking what well, was, yeah, Rodriguez right, yeah, had to get she killed fired, out because yeah. she was doing DUI, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, and then and then of course then there's yeah, was it Desmond or whatever his name is in the hatch? In the hatch, yeah. That's how season one ended, where he looked down and found a hatch, and it and was he like, turns out that he knows Matthew Fox because they were both running in a stadium one time. Yeah, seriously, can you do that? Can you go run in a stadium whenever you want? Apparently, <laughs> but I really <laughs> liked uh, I, I really liked the first couple of seasons, and then it became a joke where I remember listening on the radio on a drive to work. Um, very early on during Lost, where it, where everyone was like, they don't know where they're going with it. Like, it, they, they, I don't think they imagined it was going to get as far. They certainly said, picked yeah. up for like five, six seasons, and now they're like winging it. And then that last season came out, and everyone was like making bets, like, how are they going to wrap this all up? Because they, they don't know the ending. And do you remember you're when, right. Do you remember when they said they said it's got nothing to do with purgatory? And then in the end, it turned out that it the purgatory. flash forward, uh, not the flash forwards, the flash maybes. And I liked that. There was a really cool thing where you had flashbacks to the the main focus of that character. You had flashbacks that episode, and then I think it's in series three again. They had they had what you thought was flashbacks, but they were actually flash forwards. Yeah, that worked. And you were like, holy that worked, f- you were like, end, shit the bed. It ended with Jack going up to Evangeline Lily's character. We've got to go back. And going, we've got to go back. And then you realise, that was fucking clever. Yeah. The whole thing was flash forwards. But the end, the last season, when it oh shows my- you flash maybes, <laughs> what is the fucking point? It's showing me something that could have happened. It's because that's the purgatory they create themselves. So they all died. They've all gone on to their lives. They've all died. And that's how they've decided to meet up together. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Mm. So... So religion's real. That thing that you said it doesn't express. But I still don't understand. I don't understand it. And I think that's your biggest failure. Your last series, you had all this mystery. What was the smoke monster? Why did it kill Mr. Echo? Why is Locke not Locke? He's a smoke machine. Why is it in human form? Why? Who's Jacob? Why is he the thing? I like the Jacob bit. I like the idea that there was a good and a bad on the island. Yeah. Because that mirrors the first episode where you where see the white and Locke the black is, stones. Yeah, Locke is playing backgammon, isn't he? Oh, and yeah, he with says, Walt. Yeah. yeah. And he says at the beginning, he says... There are two sides and, you know, you're battling for this and the other. And then at the end, they kind of revisited that idea with these two characters. And then, I mean, it is weird, isn't it, how they've been on the island for so long by season six and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, have you seen this lighthouse? 
And at the top of the lighthouse, there's this like, yeah. there's a telescope where you can see shit. It's like, so what, did no one leave that beach then? No. <laughs> because by Series 5, there's like, there's whole like villages and there's like VW vans. It's number four in mine. So what we've done really well is, yeah. you've put uh, How I Met Your Mother as uh, nine. I put it as five. Yeah. Uh, you've put Lost as your seven. Yeah, please. It's so. my four. So we're going the we right going way. In the right order. Again, I know that there's one coming up that you're just going to disagree with. And that's fine. That's that's the beauty of life. That is life. Uh, my next one, I, I production change to America, and you can tell this, because in series four of Killing Eve, they fucking swapped that like you wouldn't believe. Three, yes. Three amazing series of great, let's be honest, Sandra O oh and um, your gal. Jodie Comer. But how kind of an amazing chemistry. A cat and mouse game that starts off like, like scary like she's a killer with no remorse in the fourth one I fairly certain she takes Ritalin and just goes on a revenge mission killing everyone yeah. and ends with her not getting a, a happy ending which I'm actually a fan with because that character is morally reprehensible but like Sandra was just like like oh we've got a thriller and then we've got an action comedy in the fourth series oh my god you did not stick the landing you I broke your leg and shattered I it I didn't put it but you're right Killing Eve season four was shy. <laughs> it was really bad. I and loved it, the first three. Seasons. The first three series were really good. And you're right. That should, that probably would have. That, I, do you know what, James? That would have made my list had I thought of it. That's right. That's right. Because I got so bored in that last one. Because you're right. You've gone from your villainelle character. That's being her like, name. Thank you. She's like she is a villain, and she but she and she doesn't have a moral compass and everything. But I remember watching that fourth season, and she was just killing anyone. So. Like, I- so for the characters are stuck going around in circles and the weird relationship is replaced with a good old-fashioned action-packed storyline that also joins in the circle. <laughs> goes nowhere. It's just like, and I get it, because you've been building up the 12 for a while, but then she's just like, for no reason, I will kill the 12. <laughs> and you will all just accept that. Action balls. Wasn't balls. Um, Princess Peach was in it, wasn't it? Lisa, yeah. She, uh, she was the handler in the uh, <sighs> yeah. MI, whatever, who I loved her character. I, I yeah. really should learn her name. Um, is it Karen? No, I'll think of it. It'll come to me in a minute in that weird grey part of my brain. But I always remember <laughs> Killing Eve and the Mario Brothers movie. Always. Um, <laughs> but then, like, yeah, that last season really, really you, so you remember from that, but I always remember that she's the head of, and this is where, this is why we're two different people. You think of like the Mario film. I remember that she's the headmaster, the headmistress in um, the school that the evil stepfather wants to send the kid in Three Men and a Lady. <laughs> She tries to have sex. <laughs> I mean, with a uh, fucking mustache man, Fiona Shaw. Fiona Shaw. She tries to have sex with um mustache man. Whose name I can't remember. Richard from Friends. Fucking hell, my brain, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. So, Killing Eve. I uh, detested it. I thought it was a really bad ending. Well done, James. Because I didn't think Killing Eve. But you're Don't right. Don't worry. You're about to take that all away with a good old fashioned. You disagree completely, and that's fine. But for me. The reveal of H was a genuine letdown and Series 6 of Line of Duty, whilst having good ideas, started better and went derogatorily down. And what I mean by that is, is the introduction of the daughter of Tommy Hunter from Series 1. I don't care. I don't know why I don't know why executives and people who create TV shows think that I need all my villains to be related or my heroes to be brothers and sisters. I don't give a shit. Mm. Like, oh my God, Ray turns out to be the daughter of fucking the Emperor. I don't give a shit. Why couldn't she just be normal? Why couldn't she just be, you know, just have no family? And to this, I hate this. And I get the ending what they're going for, that H could be anyone. H wasn't a grand criminal. They wanted to make some money. I understand that. 
but you build it up so much that we were only ever going to be disappointed with that. And I also don't like the really, just didn't like it. I know it sounds really hard, but we can disagree. I liked, sorry, I'm getting really hit up. The, I like that the moral of the story was he was just corrupt because he was. And, but it never really answered the question because he's not a very good police officer. How did he get so fast? So implying that there are other people that helped him get to the place. But you didn't answer that. You just kind of like let it go. Disappointed. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It did. I did consider it, but then I thought it was the series bad, or was the last episode bad when the reveal happened? And do you know what? Maybe that's where I've got. Maybe, I, but I don't like the bit where they try to kill. They they try to kill the Down syndrome kid by driving into a like a lake. It's like they've got to be easier ways. Like mm. when he gets home, kill him then. <laughs> just just don't drive into the fucking lake, you moron. Yeah, I I think the thing about Lana Duty that surprised me watching it was that. And like like a lot of good British dramas, is it when it wanted to be violent? And it, I've I've watched a few episodes of Line of Duty. A bit of mine, this was on like nine o'clock on BBC, and was like that was that was it, not just violent, but it's nasty, vicious violence. Like in the season with um, everyone's favourite Scouse in it. Oh, Stephen... Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham. That season when he the, the, his exit, I was like that really was like. Oh, that was really gruesome. Yeah. And um, there's a character in that as well, a cop in it who just makes a wrong decision and does, you know, yeah. and she's a mum and they like take her down the dock and kill her and stuff. And I was yeah. like, it's, it was just brutal. And then, yeah. you know, like the, there's a character who dies in the first one and they cut a body up. And it right away to the last season, her body's still in the freezer. Yes. And then someone opens the freezer door and goes, oh, she's still in here. Yeah. And it's a joke, but it's sick. Yeah. And I remember thinking Line of Duty was like, it had elements to it where I was like, that is really nasty, brutal stuff in, a, in an otherwise like, you know, TV show where you quite like the other, you know, the, the three main, you know, Vicky McClure and the others, like their characters. But interspliced with like really nasty stuff. Um, but I did like Line of Duty. I, I liked all the seasons. I thought the Stephen Graham one was excellent. Yeah, it was so I, dark I like and peak. vicious. Um, and then, yeah, it didn't stick the landing, but I couldn't put, I couldn't really decide whether or not it was the last episode that was crap or the whole of the last season. That's why I didn't make my Do list. You want, I think that's fair. I think we're definitely in agreement with my number four. It's definitely on your list because I know for a fact that you love Dexter. Oh, yeah. And that last series where his sister wants to bang him, but then she finds out he's a killer. And so he, so she's in a coma, so he decides to put her in the fucking sea. I think she just died, doesn't she? Yeah. She, she does she die. But, but what? But then, but instead of dying himself, he he lives off the grid with a ginger beard while another psycho killer raises his child, and that never comes. That is really weird, isn't it? He's like, there's a moment where he's like, "Go be with this killer now." He's <laughs> <laughs> just that on a bush you go. Yeah, like, see it. Yeah. Brazil, um, maybe wherever you're going. It, it's all horse malarkey, and it is 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 bad. It again, it starts off the series. The problem is with series four, you peaked. You had one of the best villains. You had an absolute. Let's be honest, John Voight. Uh, not John Voight. I do apologize. John Lithgow in season four. Season four. four he's so good. Like you, you cut. You must have realized when you saw that performance. We're not beating this. It's time yeah. to wrap up shop now. Even the ending of that, we put that as one of the best endings of a TV series of all time. Like he comes over and he finds his wife. He's lost, mm. but he can't get his revenge because that's done. And then you kind of limped on. And by this fourth one, you find out like the whole premise is that he finds his. M- not his real mom, but he's he's bound by a code from Harry, his father. But Harry, you found out, created the code with the help of a psychiatrist who, who basically is the mother of the code. So if Harry's his father, this woman is his mother. So we're dealing with 
shit. We're dealing mm. with the same shit we were in season one. It's boring. There's another killer. He scoops out brains. The more graphic they get, the less interested you are. We loved the ice truck killer in the first one because he was he was cutting off little bits. You know, in the second one, it was Dexter himself. That was cool. You know, they're hunting Dexter. Mm. In the fourth one, it's the Trinity killer. It wasn't about the deaths. It was about the style. It was about the, the reasoning. It was about the secondary characters as well. You know, I love Batista. Batista was one of my favourite cops. Useless. Yeah. But, you know, I'd, if I died, I wouldn't mind Batista looking after me, like trying to find my Angel killer. Batista. Angel Batista. But, I mean, that, that last season just forgot fucking loads of storylines like yeah. LaGuardia getting killed. Yeah, fucker. Yeah, fucking, she's, like, she's, that's she's, a big thing at the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, yeah, fuck her. Well, yeah. That, that dropped it. Was it Masuka having a daughter? Yeah, fucker. Half a fruit. Yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> You've got to end this shit now. And it's just, and then terrible CGI. Yes. Terrible well, vi- yeah. visual effects. And just, uh, just off he goes in on that boat. And I did like, I mean, because the point of Dexter was the walls were closing in all the time. And you had to get to the point where, and I love Dexter. I think the idea of a blood, blood splatter expert who's a sheep in wolf's clothing, you know, this idea that he's, or a wolf in sheep's clothing, where he's like, pretends he doesn't really like violence and everything but and he's got this going on the side the sister's a cop I, he does Miami so, is a back set he does such a good job it's a really good show really good and and I liked his narrative and sometimes Max Yor's narrative in it, I, if you can get past that because I watched Dexter the first time and I couldn't get into it because the bit where he opens the fridge and there's like a Barbie doll and he's like it's, oh my is god he, <laughs> is, he, is he playing a game with me yeah and it ends I was like I don't know if I can watch this and then like when you get through it it was alright actually are you telling now that's right, internet. Race, race yourselves. Uh, better than the books. The books are shit. The books are. They, They're I'm terrible. Glad I to say that I've got Deeply Darkly Dexter, whatever it's called. Well, it's the, I think the first one is the only one that's it's watchable. Crap. It's the only readable. The rest of them are shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, that one's pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. Well, the Ice Truck Killer looks exactly like him. So in the first one, they think it's him, and no one goes, it's not you. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking weird. They all think it's Dexter because this guy looks like him. He, he's fucking oh, he had stupid. a brother. He did. Um, so number three, again, some controversial here, but I stuck to my heart. I think Sherlock, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, is Did one of, not see this is one of the best TV series and one of the best adaptations of Sherlock Holmes I've ever seen. I think it's brilliant. Benedict Cumberbatch does such a good job of making Sherlock Holmes a 21st century arsehole. Like, you mm. know, he's phenomenal. Those TV shows, I always forget the people that recreated him. They brought him back, but they did such a good job of it. I loved it. I, you cannot get more than that. What the f- right? So series three ends with great. He kills a media mogul, and he gets sent on it. He's right. So he gets sent to his death now. So his brother Mycroft is sending him to the Middle East to basically do a suicide mission. You, you never know what it is, but he's going to go. But he gets stopped. Moriarty, who was a phenomenal villain as well in series two. Andrew Scott did very well. Andrew very Scott good. is so good, and Andrew Scott was kind of made his career as Moriarty. Andrew Scott became a household name. He's he's brilliant. I love Andrew Scott. Mm. They bring him out and he's like, he's laughing. He's like, did you miss me? Oh my God, is Moriarty back? New, but disappointment is, series four is bollocks. You've just married this couple. Now they split off. Spoilers, you kill John Watson's wife for no reason. It ends with, oh, there's a third, there's a third Sherlock sibling and it's Eurus and she's she's brighter than everyone. But Mycroft, you've been telling Porky Clyde, you knew about it all along. Horseshit. Horseshit. Is that the one where they're on the super prison? Yes. And, and they have to go through the rooms of the different tasks? Yes, because... And it's like it, a two-parter. Yeah, so she's basically set up so that he'll have to be in judgment of people and those people will die. Right. And Sherlock tries to get... He, he solves it by basically saying, you just need to be loved. And he loves I'm, her. I'm, I'm going to say this now. I actually like that season. Then you're dead to me. <laughs> I, re- I, 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 did, I was I, really disappointed. There was a moment where he has to make the decision of like someone dying... The, the, you know the, the lab 
uh, assistant that's always had the hots for him. I'll be honest, I completely forget about the series. And I was so watching it, and I was like, I was, I was torn. I was like, fuck, what are they gonna do? I, I actually really like. I, I love Sherlock though. I am a. Sh- it's like when anything Star Wars comes up, even if you in my sag. heart it's good, bad. I'm gonna fucking fight. <laughs> just... Um, this one's straight. I have kind of fudged the figures here, mate. If I'm honest, and I, I'm disappointed. I've went with the original ending. So this is back in the very early 2000s, Series 9 of the X-Files. Now, I know they brought it back. However, that final series... You can say the same for Dexter, though, because they did bring Dexter back, yeah. So the original... The final series ends with Dana Scully having her wings clipped. So the X-Files is all about uh, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Fox Mulder left at the end of Series 7... They did kind of bring him back for parts of eight, but has left again. He has now disappeared for all of series nine. So Fox Mulder's gone. The whole reason for the X-Files. Dana Scully has her wings clipped and is barely in series seven. So you two main characters that you follow throughout this entire relationship, this entire series. And I've always said this, the birthplace of modern television is the X-Files. You're talking about conspiracies, characters, serials, you know, one thing leading to the other, Monsters of the Week episodes. What you watch now is a byproduct of how great and um, systematic the X-Files was. The X-Files didn't invent it, they perfected it. They perfected it and they did such an amazing job and you can tell now like Buffy the Vampire Slayer took the X-Files and they made episodes of that and the new Doctor Who in Britain took Buffy the Vampire Slayer like you're 24 took aspects of the conspiracy and the the storytelling elements from the X-Files. The X-Files is just basically the bitch tits it's the thing it's amazing it's the big brains it's the big balls it's the everything of modern day television and I love it and your final series was horse shit so bad it's forgettable I know that you're a big um, a fan of the T-1000 <laughs> <laughs> Patrick uh, Robert Patrick Robert Patrick it, it's the way he runs James. he's the way he runs. he's not good in this you know you get another character in Reyes crap the characters aren't relatable you don't care you send there going how is the series that was basically born on Fox Mulder Fox Mulder's ability to believe everything like if Fox Mulder was around now he'd definitely believe in Flat Earth like definitely and Dana Scully would be beating her head against the wall going you're just an idiot Fox but I like your style I like your moxie it was terrible the last series is do you know what it's so bad that when the movies came back and when they rebooted it they forgot the additional characters went we need to get back to Fox Mulder and Dana Scully and series 9 is and the ending I know we're not talking specifically about final endings but it's terrible is a clip show which then has the cigarette smoking man who died eight times during the series come back again mm. and it's crap and he's come back again after that didn't and he? and has come back again since then it, where they but rebooted, it's ended again so. yeah where, where they rebooted the show a couple of years about four or five years ago where they rebooted it I'm pretty certain Smoking Man comes back then and you're oh, like I'm Jesus. pretty certain I saw you get shot with helicopters yeah that's that's how this one ends yeah so, so the, series 9 so that's the one with like the series 9's got the like the three horsemen isn't it and they're ghosts they now, are ghosts because they had their own split off and they died in their own spin off as well yeah, yeah so now um, there's, but there's more than one ghost in that Alex Fajak is also a ghost as well yeah I, I the, thing, the thing about the X-Files the reason why I didn't make my list is that and I have I've only ever got to the end of season 9 once that was when it was on TV week by week yeah and I have such fond memories of me and my dad watching it, like BBC Two on a on a Friday night. Yeah, and that I remember watching. So this this, this is really weird. I remember watching the first season of X Files on a Friday night when my parents would would go out and we'd have a babysitter. Yeah, and I remember the end of season one being like, "What the fuck? I've got to wait to find out." It was yeah. my it was the my first memory of a cliffhanger of being like. 
What do you mean I've got to wait till September? Because at the end of it, it went and X Files will return in September. And I'm like, you slag. But he's in it. But he's stuck underground. He can't breathe. Like, I just didn't get the concept of the cliffhanger. Do you know one of my favorite, my favorites? This is it was the birth of digital channels on 24th season one on BBC Two before we went to Sky. Ooh, mm. you could watch if you had digital TV, which not everyone had back then. You could watch the next episode. Oh. A week over. early, you yeah. could, so on BBC Two you could watch it, but then you could go ahead and watch next week. But for episode twenty three, they didn't do that. They yeah. didn't show the last episode. I was like, "But wait a week, yeah." But I've got digital TV. Well, I I remember watching X Files with my brother and our babysitter back then, and then I remember, and and you know, life happens and stuff. And I remember, you know, by time season nine came out, like my parents had like split up and my brother had moved out. Yeah. But I still watched it with my dad. Yeah. So still I, I just loved it for that. Fair enough. Um, mm. And number one, I, you know what, I'm a defender of Game of Thrones. I'm defender as in, you know, when people talk about being like, it's crap. And I'm like, it's not crap. It just, it, you know, I defend Game of Thrones. Mm. However, it is probably the worst. <laughs> number one is Game of Thrones. It, it's series eight. It is. It is. It's. It's too short, and they always shot themselves in the foot early because mm. the one you had less episodes, and then the first two episodes are characters talking about the long night, and then the third episode is the long night. We it's can't see anything, <laughs> and then and then after that, it's back to normal, and then you've got the heel turn, which is which is comes out of left field. It's it's akin to Austin turning on the Rock at WrestleMania 17, mate. It's akin to that. It makes no sense. And at the time you're watching, you think, "Oh my god, what's happening?" And afterwards, you're going, "What? what seriously? What was I watching?" <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean, it made my list. But then again, like all of them, I was like, was the whole series bad? Because actually, like... I'm going to say it was, and, and, and Esther talked me into this. It's because the final series, they do start they do start going in quality. But that final series, if you think about it, there is very little standout moments. Mm. So even in the weaker series, you still had like the A-team go beyond the wall to capture a walker. You still have political... I fucking love that series. I yeah. love that series. But, and, I, and that's why when people say it wasn't as good, I was like, are you kidding? A dragon dies... They break down the wall at the end of that series, and there's an A team mission where they really steal it. I was like, it's fucking awesome. That's yeah, yeah. that series. However, this series had very little. You've got a lot of people standing around doing nothing. By this stage, by this stage as well, a lot of your decent characters are dead. Like there's like my, one of the most underrated characters, Littlefinger, he's gone by this point. There's very little to come. He was very upset when he got killed out, wasn't he? It, it's not. You seen the table read? Oh, did he really just get pissed? No, ever. Yeah, he, he just like, you could see on his face, he's fucking fuming that he didn't make the last episode. He, he, and he should have done. And and that's what I mean, the, the, the series, does they sit around, the first two episodes are just a waste of time. So I was looking at this logically. I was like, I, 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 I when people say Game of Thrones is the worst, I do stick up for it. However, if I look at this logically, they waste a lot of time. They've shortened their season, they waste a lot of time. Now, don't get me wrong, I know it's a hella expensive by this point, a lot of wages, a lot of, you know, I get it. However, I am very disappointed. And I'm not talking about the final episode or how everything's ended up. I, I'm not a huge fan of that last series. It's it's too quick, doesn't make much sense, and is written poorly. I think, yeah, I think I think the biggest crime of the last season is the character arcs don't end where you want them to. If you look at Danny going crazy, which you know is happening, yeah. you know that's gonna happen. I think I I think I think you catch on to that very early on that her arc is that she will get there and then it'll go get to her Yeah, and I thought it was going to end where she gets the throne but then she starts slaughtering people and it was a real downer of a series yeah, which would help which is Game of Thrones how it's been set up like the good guys get shit yeah it kind of turned into this weird love story and then certain characters didn't get their finish you didn't get I, di- I don't think you got Jamie like Jamie's kind of arc finished yeah, he's, well he, he's he, like he has sex with like, Brianna of Tarth you think they're in love he's like no I've got to go back to uh 
Well, he doesn't. He doesn't get redemption arc. No, no, and, and maybe you could argue. Well, he doesn't deserve redemption for everything he's been through and done. But then, like Cersei, doesn't get a comeuppance either. She, she yeah. gets trampled. I, 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 they did. It did feel like they went for spectacle rather than like anything character driven. I always disagree with people that say the Daenerys thing came out of nowhere. I know I've just made a joke about it and I used the word akin, which you know I should get extra points for. <laughs> but I, I disagree. I do actually think you do see it coming. She's not a good ruler. I, people, I think you see it coming. Massively. People are drawn to her throughout series. Yeah. Like I believe in series four, Beriston Selma is like, no, don't kill all these people. And she's like, no, all right. Because <laughs> mm. she's talked out of what's it. She's not a great ruler. And so I don't think, but John doesn't go anywhere. Like what the fuck is John's storyline? It's boring. I'm not a fan. Anyway, Game of Thrones is my number one, and I, I know Bram for a fact. Being the king is the big fucking. Yeah, I know a lot of people aren't happy, but then again, no one's ever going to be happy, are they? Yeah. Uh, but I know you're number one, mate. Or not? Maybe not your number one. I know what's high on your list. I haven't mentioned it because, to be honest, I don't even think I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've covered most of them. So I, I, um, it's not my number one, but the only two that are in my top five. Because in my top five, I had How I Met Your Mother, Dexter, I had Lost. Um, Game of Thrones I was hovering around because I was like again I couldn't decide whether or not it, it's was, just the final it was the final or... episode or what because yeah I mean it was bad but was it that te- I don't know it was the worst of all the seasons so actually yeah. maybe it should have made my list um, one of my top five was 24 Live Another Day the New York uh, the the London uh, it wasn't good was it part. Do, do you remember when we watched that and the only decent thing about it was like Stephen Fry was Prime Minister yeah it was just <laughs> unnecessary it was boring didn't look good it, it, the, the effects in it look like I was watching EastEnders it, I just, Jack so for- Bauer just running around London doesn't look cool it just didn't look cool it's forgettable yeah I, I, and again I, I can't remember the end I remember that they're giving back to the, the, the Russians, Russians at the end yeah. and I was just like why bring this back and it was hyped up you know there was this like trailer of like Jack and all these like black cabs and Big Ben and explosions none of that yeah. none of that it was just it's bullshit you didn't get a boss it was bullshit it was really boring really boring and unnecessary and if they'd made it more like do you remember there's that break in series where he's in Africa with Robert Carlyle yeah I loved that yeah. I thought it was really good if they'd gone more like that route and that would have been better season 8 they went to New York you know with oh, that was crap Judy, that was crap that, one. that was bad so it was on it was on the decline anyway it was on the back foot and it had that whole you know, he had killed someone on Russian soil in a Russian embassy, so he has to face his come up. And... Like series four, mate. Like seriously, like pick up. <laughs> yeah, but he is like he's done the time. Ta- he's oh, done no, the crime. So he's got to do it. I apologize. I was a Chinese embassy. I apologize. But he's 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 got to like I I just I remember watching it and thinking, oh, that was unnecessary. It was boring. I I wasn't really excited about it. It was on the decline anyway. I just felt like it was beyond the final nail. Yeah. So 24, live another day. Because I have series one to three in such high regard as 24. Yeah. I, I I even like I even like six. I think the one where they bring Tony Almeida back, I'm even a fan of. No, seven. Mm, I think that's seven. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, six and five are shit. My number one is a personal one and it's because it hurts so bad and that is Scrubs. Uh, yeah. So Scrubs season nine. So, and again, this is where you could split airs because Scrubs, Scrubs was on NBC it got cancelled. ABC then brought it back, gave it the final series. Everyone was happy. ABC wanted more of that dollar, dollar, brought them back for season nine. So season Mistake. eight ended with everything that you wanted in the TV show. It ended... The thing about Scrubs, and I know that's really controversial because at the moment it's just the latest inner audiences are just discovering Scrubs and thinking it's appalling. And, you know, like they do with Friends and like they do with all these kind of comedies and stuff. We've not got to American Pie yet, apparently. I'm waiting for that day. Let's talk about how appalling that film was. You know when we were doing films next week and you had to Google best films of that year, how fucking shocked were you when like, American Pie was like, oh, that was a great film. No, it fucking <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> but um, 
scrubs to me hurt because it had comedy, had characters that you cared about, had storylines that intertwined, but it had heart. It had heart throughout the whole thing. It was it was clever as well. You know, I've always said that you, you the best comedies deal with tragedy mm. and Scrubs did that with like integrity. And it had everything from one-liners to slapstick to breakaway, obviously, uh, like fantasy sequences. Scrubs, had, Scrubs covered every element of comedy to me at a perfect time of my life when I needed that kind of level. I was their age, you know, kind of going into professional work and stuff and thinking like, this is awesome. I love this show. In fact, actually, I probably... I was probably like caught up with it, you know, mm. by that point. And, um, and, and it ended season eight ended ABC, uh, ABC brought it back, gave us the ending that we wanted. Zach Braff's character, JD walks out the, at the hospital Spent with a monologue. With son, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's moving hospitals to be close to his son. And, 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 um, I think it's Elizabeth Banks, isn't it? He's, he's, yeah. uh, the mother of his son. And as he's walking out, you get the, you know, you get the, the, the wall of all the characters that you loved from the eight seasons, uh, you know, all kind of there, you know, memorable characters. And it even had, and it, you've got Colin Hay playing in the background as well, like a beautiful kind of soundtrack towards the end of it. No, it's not Colin Hay. It's um, Peter Gabriel, Book of Love, playing oh, at it? the end oh. of it. And then at the end, it has the, it, it, you know, you have Hooch in a straight jacket and he's like, Hooch is crazy. <laughs> so it even had a joke at the end of that part. <laughs> And then there's this big banner and he's like, this, this is what my life could be. And it shows you this sequence where it's like, it's everything you wanted. It's this kid growing up with Turk's kid and it's Dr. Cox accepting them as like kind of surrogate sons and everything like that. And then, and then someone pulls the sheet down, a janitor pulls the sheet down, puts it in a bin and he goes, or it might not happen like that. Yeah. But life is, you know what? And, and, and I was like, what an ending because that is the ending we thought would happen you know we I think that was more of a that is the story Ooh, but it is, left it. sounds like to me that somebody who makes who thinks that they can squeeze more dollar out of this decided to inject some of the most unlikable characters oh, in the world into this TV series and then they come back for med school and, and it hurts that Zach Braff came back for so many of them and, and you know Donald's Faison uh, Faison came back and, and Cox Cox came back yeah and, and some characters kind of stayed away. I think Sarah Chalk stayed away for the most of it. But it's like, now the, now the teaching, now you got, what's it, uh, Dave Franco there. It, it just wasn't funny and didn't have heart. No. Didn't have the heart in it that it used to have. The, the characters are differently changed. So when we talk about, when I talk about the comedy and, and uh, the drama side, I always use the example from Only Fools and Horses, but Scrubs has got a great one. A very funny episode where they celebrate the death of a loved one by bringing them cake mm. and JD opens the door and it's his brother and he's got cake and he says, who died? It's your dad. Yeah. And it's a great film. It's a great episode. It, it handled really delicately with the loss of a father. Yeah. Not the world's greatest father. Like he gives his son a bell. He's like, next year I'll give you the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> but that's funny because he remembers these things. He's not a great dad, but it's a really funny story. And, it, and it, ends, it ends with Dr. Cox going around with the beers and being like, just tell us some stories. Fucking brilliant episode that yeah. was. It Scrubs it always had that, always had that like element of like just so. I mean, we haven't you could talk forever about the Brendan Fraser episodes and yeah. all that that was in slice for it. Just the Janet, how they they perfectly aligned it so that if he got cancelled after one series, he was he wasn't even going to be a real character. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I love the ending of that where he goes. I love the ending when he leaves and he admits putting a penny in the door. Mm. He's like, I did put the penny in the door. And he goes, yeah, I know. I saw you. <laughs> and I fucking love that. The Janet is one of the best characters of all time. Dr. Yanni Tour. Everything about the Janet, mate. If there was just a spin-off for the Janet, Yanni Tour. <laughs> and then the, it was uh, his wife. He's like, I've got a wife. He's like, what's her name? 
lady. <laughs> and then she comes in like three episodes later. It's like, this is lady. It's like, oh shit. Like it, it, had, it had so much to it. With Kelso retiring, but hanging around because he's a comedy genius. You know, like there's and, so much. And you can't talk about Ted, obviously the actor who's, who's passed, but Ted was one of the best. Sam Lloyd, yeah. Sam Lloyd, Sam Lloyd gave one of the best performances. One, Like I'll never forget, and it's not even that funny, but the visual gang that he's at the back of a line of a coffee shop. Mm. They open another coffee shop and a queue forms and he's at the end somehow of both lines. Now I'm at the end of both lines. <laughs> yeah. And he it's tries just... to beat a dog. He tries to beat a dog. He's like, <laughs> Baxter, say hello. And if Baxter, say hello. He goes, ruff, ruff. <laughs> Ted say hello hello it's just, you said it, you're right Paul hello it's so good it's so good and it you know it, problematic maybe but Scrubs I think when I had to do a list of the worst season finales okay pound for pound season 9 of Scrubs is probably not as bad as um, Dexter season like 8 or whatever that yeah. last season was but it hurt way more I think my Scrubs is your X-Files yeah that's I think that's, point, that's yeah. where it is so your number 2 is the equivalent of my number 1 yeah there um, you go because I did 5 and you did 10 so but, yeah uh, I feel like Killing Eve must have made your list now that, that I now, now you've said that I think I'll probably bump um, How I Met Your Mother because I don't really care about it that yeah, much yeah that's why so whereas like <laughs> Killing Eve I fucking love that show yeah. Aesthetically, the music, the style, the the character Sandra Oh, and, and the you know the, the 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 script, everything about that was brilliant. And that last season, I just gave up. So so these are our lists. I think you've probably got your own list. However, there is one last thing I want to mention, and the reason it didn't make the list is because it's still ongoing. But there's a TV series out there that's been on long going. And when it first started, it was for a generation. We loved it. We thought it was one of the funniest things. We sat around as a family to watch it. Your granddad likes it. Your little children used to love it. It told you stories, told you fables. You've got interesting characters. But the fact that we're now on the Simpsons season whatever, the series needs to end because the golden era was like series Simpsons 5 to like third, like, like 10. And that film, that TV series is ongoing and, and needs to end because you are pissing on the quality of what was one of the greatest TV shows of all time. I think it's just become though American staple like McDonald's, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just disgusting. Like, has though. every actor and, and famous person been in it? Yeah, I just when we were doing this, I was like, Simpsons got me number one, but but it hasn't. It hasn't had a final series yet. It but it keeps killing itself. And The Simpsons, remember, The Simpsons was the the Simpsons was I, I, I eight, think the golden era is way beyond 10. I think it's like the first 15 series or yeah. more, maybe. But, but I'm, I'm talking about the episodes where like the X-Files are in it, like Fox Mortar. Yeah. They got David Duchovny to come in and he's like, Dana Scully is like, maybe we should investigate this drugs deal. And he's like, I don't think the FBI is interested in that. <laughs> it was so tongue-in-cheek and so 4-4 breaking. And now it's a caricature of itself. It's just The Simpsons needs to end. But I, th- I think it's because of the likes of American Dad and Family Guy and, yeah. and that kind of humour pushing... Um, the Simpsons, which was more family oriented humor, and but I, I mean, yeah, The Simpsons is great. And and the first thing I did when I got Disney Plus was straight to the they have the tree hour, yeah. <laughs> Treehouse of Horror like section. I was like, fuck it, no longer do I have to hope. It's the good ones of them. I'll just go straight to them. Uh, that's our show for this week. I, I did, I did think this was going to be a shorter one, but we've done our usual hour twenty. So I was like, James, I think the first one will be pretty quick. We're doing two tonight. That's this episode. Next episode, we're <laughs> going to do the longer one, <laughs> the longer one. So uh, do join us next week as for that one. As always, like, subscribe, get a new episode each and every week. Write in, let us know. We're on all social media platforms at syims underscore podcast. That's sorry, you're in my seat. Uh, underscore podcast on all social media channels. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a little comment. Excuse you, James. And we'll see you next week. If I don't see you there, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.